Welcome to Stay Healthy New England, a platform focused on chronic pain, pelvic health and wellness, with monthly episodes featuring top health and wellness experts all over the US. This podcast can be a starting point in looking for ways to naturally experience pain relief right in the comfort of your home, breaking free from the shackles of chronic pain. In traditional approaches, it is easy to feel like an object on a conveyor belt moving through the doctor's office. The humanness of it, all gone. Your pain is real to you, and it limits the real human life that you're living. Dr. Jessica Papa, founder of Arancia Physical Therapy and the creator of the Conquer Mystery Pain eCourse, is your host for Stay Healthy New England. Tune in and learn how to conquer your mystery pain now. Here's your host, Dr. Jessica Papa. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Stay Healthy New England. I'm Dr. Jessica Papa, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Jill McDevitt. Dr. Jill is a San Diego-based sexologist, a sexuality educator, a sexual wellness coach, and a feel-good activist who is on a mission to radically change and improve the way we think about and treat sexuality, ourselves and each other. As the only person in the world with three degrees in human sexuality, Dr. Jill has preferred has perfected the craft of helping people turn conversations about sex from, ugh, this is so awkward, and say, oh, that was so easy. So without further ado, welcome, Dr. Jill. Hi, good morning. I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you and excited to talk about this topic with our audience today (laughs) about sexuality and stress. And you are all no doubt well aware of the fact that stress isn't good for you, but we don't always think about how it can impact our health in ways like sexuality. You know, we think about other things, you know, stress and um, mental health and physical is just as important. So we're going to get into all of that. Just, you know, like I said, as stress impacts our mindset, it can impact our physicality and sexuality. And it's something that we should be talking about. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you, Dr. Jill, and I would love, love, love for you to talk to us a little bit about the many ways that our body systems and, um, you know, our sexual health can be affected by the weight of stress. Stress is just so toxic for all of our body systems and sexuality is certainly a part of that, as well as the interpersonal piece of relationships and the romantic and the uh, emotional side of things as well. Um, So, you know, it it impacts everything from sexual desire to orgasm to um, uh, lubrication and impacts um, just general relationship satisfaction. And, and, And it has also a domino effect where one can then lead to the other. If you're stressed and that's leading you to not have sexual desire and then therefore you're not having sex and not having sex leads you to stress and then the stress <laughs> leads to <laughs> You know, and so it keeps... Spiraling. Um, yeah. Yes, spiraling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes too, it's it's easy to think that one thing doesn't doesn't cause another, but it's definitely multifaceted and it's it's 
good to be well-rounded in a sense of how you think about your sexual health. I don't think many of us do really think about our sexual health and, um, you know, how it relates to the rest of our, our health. So stress again, um, in my realm of, you know, what I practice with my pelvic health patients is a big factor for, for moms trying to conceive for a second time or for women, you know, first time. And, you know, I often see them for, you know, pelvic health, of course, and, you know, and working on mental mindset as well. But talk to us a little bit about that, about how stress can affect, you know, your chances of conceiving and, and what you've seen in the research with that. Yeah. So um, one of the things I just thought of as you were speaking was about how so stress can impact pelvic pain and sexual pain uh, with intercourse and things like, like that, especially um, with uh, vaginismus, like clenching and all these types of things. So um, stress as it relates to conception is kind of um, complicated, I guess would be the word in the research, because it's about trying to discern which in which ways does stress directly impact conception and which ways does stress impact other areas that impact conception, right? So if stress impacts sleep and sleep and having good restful sleep impacts abilities uh, and ease of conception. So they're related um, or if stress causes pelvic pain and that makes you disinterested in sex or makes it more, you know, less likely that you're going to engage in that. Obviously, that's going to impact conception, right? So it's, it kind of um, shows up in, in very kind of adjacent ways um, in more obviously than, and the part about it being directly related is the part that's more up in the air as far as the research. But yeah, it definitely is correlated for sure in many ways. Absolutely. I think too, um, not everybody associates themselves with with being a stressed out person, maybe they just feel a bit frazzled from day to day or, um, you know, there are different things that go on, but exactly with, with patients that have multiple different factors physically, whether they do have, you know, vaginismus or even like endometriosis, a lot of my patients have chronic inflammation and pain. Um, there's that whole other factor of, of, uh, you know, sleep and then also feeling bad about it, feeling a guilt and, mm-hmm. you know, like something is wrong, you know, with them. And that's yeah. just such a tough path to, yes. to go down mentally. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. when you have a busy mind like that, that's kind of always talking to you in a not so pleasant way. Um, and I, and I do a lot of coaching with my patients about this, about, you know, just the positive subconscious messages that they should be telling themselves because you're in your head more than anybody else and we'll talk to you all day. So if you can replace just that one negative comment that might repeat itself over and over again, you'll do so much better uh, with your outlook. Um, and I think that could help you be more focused on just feeling good and aroused and, and wanting to do, you know, mm-hmm. something yeah. better for yourself mentally and, and then sexually it, it works out. So you're speaking my language, <laughs> you're speaking my language because it is so true. A big part of the work I do around sexuality is related to shame because shame shows up so much in our sexual lives from our kind of, uh, 
you know, puritanical cultural models and our parents and religion and school, you know, all, all the different ways it kind of culminates. And then here we are as adults and we're sexual beings and all of a sudden the shame stuff comes up and then the guilt comes as well. And then there's like the beating yourself up feeling of like, I shouldn't be feeling guilty about this and uh, also spiraling. So the self-compassion piece is really so important in the work that I do with folks because um, you can give yourself the grace to, to like, this is hard. This is a difficult topic. You weren't taught this. You know, we weren't taught how to be um, sexually confident or feel comfortable um, de-stressing um, in sexual ways. So yeah, so um, just kind of giving yourself the self-compassion can really go far. And then also to your point about um, basically affirming yourself and the way that that actually, you know, rewires the brain to, you know, see things differently are all really powerful tools in dealing with the stress. Um, Absolutely. A hundred percent agreed. And, and sometimes it gets to the point where, you know, you go down that chronic stress, you get depressed, you get anxious. I can't tell you how many times I see that box checked off on my patient's intake forms and, um, you know, it all fits in together. And, and of course me being a therapist and, and also being, you know, wanting a well-rounded picture. I, I ask a lot of questions about the partner and I want to know like, what's that support system like and how is that going? Cause it's not always one-sided and it's, it's so important to be able to express what you're going through and instead of harboring it all inside, because then that just leads to, you know, more tightening and more, you know, <laughs> holding <laughs> patterns and stress. So it's, Again, that spiral. Um, Word of the day is spirals. Spiral. Spirals. <laughs> but upward spirals is also a thing. And so if you can if you can interrupt the spiral and you can send it in the other direction. So that's absolutely having a healthy outlook, like you mentioned, um, can really do wonders and even something as simple as adopting, you know, a, a yoga exercise in the morning can help you. Um, and just taking time for self-care, even if it's five minutes that you say something positive to yourself or just allow yourself to be in the moment. Um, I think because a lot of people are, you know, anxious about trying to have kids, whether they're of a certain age or, or whatnot, um, you can tend to think in the future and that isn't, that isn't healthy either because you're missing what's going on presently and, and things that you could be enjoying um, so I think the biggest thing is for folks to learn how to identify the stressors that can build up in their lives. If they don't know, like, you know, what is causing it, that's important to first back step and figure out, okay, why am I feeling like this? Is it a thought that's attributing to it? Or is it an action, a habit? And, yeah. you know, see how they can come together and, and then eliminate them. Yeah. I mean, the thing about stress is that we know this is not like we, we're not coming up with some brilliant new thing no one's ever heard of. It's it's relaxing. It's self-care. It's exercising. It's eating right. It's getting good sleep. Like this is not innovative. We know all these things. The key is to do them. Actually doing it. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I come in. And I'm sure you do this also in your work is the accountability, the support, the, um, the, the, the development of the healthy habits 
to actually having a reduction of stress in your life. You know, it's one thing to say, I want to do self-care, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to affirm myself in the mirror, and then you do it for two days, and then you forget. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's all about building habits. And when people think about sexuality, the word habit doesn't usually come to mind, <laughs> and it doesn't sound sexy. Um, but really, that's what it is. I mean, it's developing, just like you have healthy or maybe unhealthy habits in every other area of your life. We have sexual habits that could be supporting us or could be holding us back. And like you said, you might not necessarily even realize it if it's not something that you think about. Hey, what are my sexual habits and how are they, <laughs> and how are they showing up in my life? Um, but hopefully if you're listening to this, that's something you can consider. Absolutely. And I'll share, you know, a common trend amongst my public health patients that are, you know, really stressed and trying to, you know, again, get pregnant. It's so common across the board. They all say, you know, this is even fun. We're, we're trying just like when you're, we're ovulating and then you don't do anything. And it's, it's just that period of, you know, you do everything you can and um, you're, you know, praying for an outcome, but it makes it, it, it like the buildup is just impossible to enjoy because you just have an ulterior um, agenda. Like you're, you know, and, and it's for me in terms of how I coach my patients about this, it's okay. So let's, let's come back to it from a place of what is your goal? Your goal is obviously, we know, to have a baby, get pregnant. And if that is meant to be, it will be, but for your body, for your, for your mental health and for the health of, of your relationship, it's, why don't you, and, you know, I, I say this across the board, so work together on making a plan of, okay, like you said, a habit, um, all right, on, you know, these days, we're going to enjoy, you know, this time together, and we're not going to think about what the, the outcome could be, but that's what we'll do, and as soon as you kind of, you know, disassociate a little bit from a specific outcome, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of the things that I, I recommend similar to that um, is is d- having dates, spending time together, playing Scrabble, doing something that reminds you why the heck you want to reproduce with this person in the first place. Like, why are you doing this? You know, um, bring it way back to like, oh, I like them. <laughs> I like spending time with them. They're my family. They're my person. We want to grow the family. Um, and taking the clinical piece um, away, similar to, not away, but in the back, in the background. Um, And a similar piece to that is not necessarily feeling like every sex act needs to be reproductive. You know, I've heard framing like, well, we can't have oral sex. That's a waste. Mm. And I'm like, let's pause and listen to that, you know, um, the, you know, all the value that can be in a sexual connection for the relationship health, for your personal health. Same thing with masturbating. I'm like, are you still masturbating? Are you still kissing? Um, are you still doing things that are fun, that breed connection, that bring pleasure? Um, because if you're framing it as a waste, that could also be driving the stress <laughs> uh, as well. If to have this kind of scarcity mindset of like, this is wasteful. Um, yeah, so that's another piece too, I think, um, is important. Absolutely. Now, at what point would you start to, you know, talk to us a little bit about your, you know, your patients and clients that you treat that at what point does it get to a, 
the level of, you know, where they start to seek you out for these types of things when it's about all they can handle and they need to seek out a specialist. (laughs) I have an ideal and then we have a typical. So typically, you know, our society is like this. And as humans, we tend to do better in crisis than prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just who we are as a species. But so I often see, and it's kind of a shame, actually, what happens sometimes is I will see them for the first time and they are really at the end of the rope and so by the second session they have broken up or something has gone seriously or you know wrong because they just waited just too close to the last minute to yeah. come seek it or I often see people on the other end who are you know I don't want I see this problem coming down the road and I want to be really preventative um which is obviously more successful in the long run for them. But it goes back to your point of taking stock of your stress, being aware, starting to notice these things in your life so that you can course correct before it even becomes crisis. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I'm so miserable. This is a chaotic and really unpleasant situation of trying to get pregnant. And we hate it. And we're all, you know, we're just hating this whole thing before it gets to that level. um, I, you know, my hope is like, Get, get the help. I mean, that's why people like us exist. This is Absolutely. why we are here is to help, you know, so. No, right on. Sad. That's so true. And it's, it's most yes. of my patients are also dealing with chronic pain. So you add that on a whole nother level. And um, for most of them, they've tried multiple other approaches before they find a specialist that's a bit more holistic and it's a journey, you know, they're on and, and. It's not always that they're pointed in this direction first to, to go with a little bit more of a holistic, you know, method and approach. It's, you know, following a specific, you know, it could be a referral or it could be, you know, something that somebody told them or whatever it is. It, it's, it's always that when they finally take their health into their own hands in the sense of like they, they seek it out. So they do the research, mm-hmm. then they end up finding, you know, what it is that I specialize in, in terms of, um, chronic pain and pelvic health and it's it's almost a good thing because the to have gone through some more traditional experiences that haven't necessarily panned out helps them understand that why we do things the way we do and why we focus on the whole person why we're not just treating them as a bag of bones and um that tissue holds memory tissue holds emotion and and their body remembers everything that ever happened to it so how could we you know, treat them and, you know, talk to them as if they were just, you know, a body on a table and be like, you know, in a way where they're talking, you know, because a lot of folks do try to just chatter you up and keep you entertained. And, and for, for me and my practice, that's fine on the first day or so, but we end up, you know, sharing and, and coaching and explaining how when you're doing that, you're basically tuning out to what you're feeling and, you're, you're having a hard time staying present with, with what we're doing. So it, again, it comes back to what are we here for? We're here to work on you. It's not about me as a therapist. It's about let's tune in, stay present and, you know, stay with what you feel. And that's actually a very hard thing for most people um, to just, it's the mind just wants to wander off and, you know, we'll, we'll bring you back in. And it's just natural to, to tune, tune out here and there on the table. But 
it sometimes is an avoidance for folks who are really, you know, in pain or have had trauma. And trauma is another huge factor of, of um, this yes. whole equation for a lot of my pelvic patients yeah. and affects sexuality in a big way. Um, and so and the fascinating thing for, for me and, and why I love what I do, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is, is when we get to work together as patients um, and therapists, you know, the body sort of tells the story. So overtly, um, you know, you might be saying one thing, but your body is saying another thing. So we, just, we treat the symptoms, but obviously we go elsewhere for the cause because we don't want to just, just cover up the problem anymore. And it's deeper than, than just, oh, I have chronic pain. Well, okay, that's what brought you here. But, you know, and it's more than I, I'm having trouble conceiving. Okay, let's peel the layers back. And, you know, well, why? What? And so it's a lot of... Um, you know, thought and, and it's a process that goes into it. And I think that's, again, why every patient the detective is on work. journey. Yeah, yeah. the detective work. I'm exactly. like, all right. Exactly. <laughs> and in the line of work I'm in, because again, it's all hands-on and, and most of my patients, their attire in clinic is, you know, shorts and a, a loose t-shirt or a sports bra so that I can see what the tissue is doing. And oftentimes it does, you know, overtly change in terms of vasomotor reactions. So blood does come to the surface. So oftentimes when I do work in my pelvic patients, other areas will light up red, like the throat chakra is common to the jaw, you know, and chest is, it's, it's all, you know, telling a story. So again, when they come in the first few <laughs> sessions and what they write on the intake forms, you find out so much more as you, as you get to, you know, know them as people. It's always layers. It's always layers. And, and, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So if you're like, I'm feeling pain, um, you don't know all that you don't know about everything that you just said. Right. And so it's hard to, at least in my experience, sometimes market what it is that I really deliver. Like, what are you actually getting from your experience with me? Because it's not something you're going to go Google and search for because you don't even know that that's what's, what you need. <laughs> right. So you're going to Google, I can't have an orgasm. You're not going to Google, why do I think there's something wrong with me if I don't respond sexually in the way my partner thinks is normal because that's what they saw in movies. Let's unpack that, right? <laughs> and so sometimes it's, you know, the, the goal is I need to learn how to have an, an orgasm during intercourse something's wrong with me because I can't do that. I want to learn how to do that. So I'm like, okay, I'll teach you techniques. And while we're doing that, we're doing all the stuff you just said. Let's peel back the layers. Let's talk about full mind-body connections and mindfulness, mm -hmm. the challenging the beliefs you learn growing up about sexuality. And then they end up leaving being like, well, who cares if I can orgasm or not during intercourse? That's a social construct. And boy, my body orgasms is perfectly normal. And, but, you know, and so, um, yeah, I think relative to what you were just saying, if the goal is, uh, I, I want to get rid of this pain, I want to have a baby, I want to get pregnant, um, it's it's always deeper in my mm. in my experience, and sounds like in your experience as well. Absolutely. And maybe there's people out there that's that's simple, but they're probably not in our office. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, we definitely. I don't. I definitely don't get the straightforward cases, but that's why I love what I do. It's always mm -hmm. something different and you know, it's not really work to us. So that's the best thing. Um, yeah. What, what um, tips do you have that you can share 
just obviously you've shared a, pl- a plethora of information here, but <laughs> for anybody listening that might be finding some commonality amongst what we're talking about, just one or two things that they can start to change right away. We, we spoke about mindset. We spoke about, but the fact that you actually have to put it in place. So maybe, you know, mm-hmm. getting it down on paper or putting it in a calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I ca- I came prepared with five <laughs> Whoa, ways that can make um, the sex you're having to try to conceive more fun. Love and some it. of them I touched on. So we talked about, okay, this one we didn't talk about. So if you're trying to conceive, there's a lot that may feel out of your control, right? You feel you have to do it at certain times. You're attracting ovulation. There's this frequency, like... There's some pieces of it. You might not feel like it. You might not be in the mood for it, but the clock says you got to go. So one way is that you can try and make that feel less clinical, less stressful, is to think about the pieces that you can control. So maybe you can control the time of day. You can control the location of your house, maybe the bath, maybe the shower, maybe the, you know, the guest room, what have you. And you can control the positions. You can, so trying to, Real like lean into the places that you do have some control and uh, put in the back burner the things that feel clinical. So that's one. Um, two, I kind of alluded to is is lay, lay it on thick with the non-reproductive sensual things, the kissing, the caressing, the oral sex, the back massages, the all of those things are because st- you're still a sexual being even as you're as a reproductive being, right? right. Um, Three is the continuing to masturbate if that feels good for you. And putting one of my quotes I like to say is you're a sexual person first and you share it second. So you can always come home to yourself as a sexual being, even as you're trying to reproduce. Um, spending quality time, doing dates, doing fun things. Um, and and I mean, sometimes this the case is, is medically necessary to, to not do this and then obviously listen to your doctor over me in this case. Um, but if otherwise, don't not have sex if the mood strikes and it's not, you know, ovulate or it's not the window. Right, right. And it goes back to that waste framework. Catch yourself in that this is a waste framework um, and mindset and see if that um changes anything and adding in the play adding in the sex toys adding in the in the sexting watch you know a video together watch you know watch porn all those things whatever moves you um as sexual beings and not just potential parents both both things are true they are and i i want to just um second on with when you said come back to yourself it's and I have to say this because I'm a public health specialist, but it is so important for any woman listening to get treated before, during, and after pregnancy. And, you know, postpartum is it's not like a specific period of time. It's ongoing. So that can significantly just help you as a person prepare for when that day does come and, you know, put you in the best possible shape tissue-wise, body-wise, as your pelvic goes through a massive amount of changes, um, it'll be as best prepared as it could possibly be. And you'll feel better just knowing more about your body. So I'm excited now to to turn this over to you and uh, tell our audience about um, your special giveaway that you have set up (laughs) for us by Cal Exotics. Yes. 
Palexonics makes a lot of great um, products. This is one. You can't see it, but it's all, maybe this is a clip you can little wrong zoom to, the little clip you can show. So this is a, um, going back to this idea of, right, like, in, in, in a heterosexual context, right, um, you're going, pe- penis and vagina intercourse is the way the babies happen, right? So, um, so most folks with clitorises don't orgasm that way. And so that's another way that can add to this, this feels clinical piece is that it doesn't necessarily often result in orgasm. So this is a product that is so that you can get clitoral stimulation while you're having sex. So there's this very stretchy ring that will go around the base of the penis and it's not going to do anything other than be a harness. It kind of keeps it in place because where the magic happens is up here, this little piece goes between two pubic bones and just with the natural motions of sex, the clit is going to be grinding across this piece, which thumps in and out. So you can see, you can hear it going in and out. So it's going to be basically like rubbing and bumping against the clitoris while you're also grinding. So it just adds novelty. It adds fun. It adds stimulation and um, all of those pieces breed the connection, breed the, the, the sense of joy and decreases the stress. So I thought that would be something that one of your listeners might like to have. So um, it's called the, it's called the link up. And um, I have one from Cal Exotics to give away to one of your listeners. Well, that is, that is so generous. And, and we are very excited about that. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. <laughs> we'll, we'll give it away to the first listener that comments on this episode. How about that? Sounds Whoever great. Listening out there is the first one. We will get your info and we'll get it mailed out to you. Um, and also tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you. I'm sure you do virtual sessions too. Oh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. I have, I do phone sessions and I also have an app so you can like, Oh, look can, at you. Got a whole, She's got, got her a own whole app. thing with the tools and the messaging. Oh, I'm, I'm, it has, it needs a lot of work. It's definitely in, in a beta testing kind of phase, but it's great. <laughs> it does. It does make things a lot easier. So you can find me at the sexologist.org if you want to read up a little bit about the coaching I do and the speaking and other sex ed events, individuals, groups. And my Instagram is uh, sexdocjill. Um, so that if you want to follow, I do sex tribute Tuesdays and all kinds of fun sex ed for grownups type stuff. And Cal Exotics is also on Instagram at um, Cal Exotics. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jill McDevitt. It has been an absolute you, pleasure. Dr. Jess. No pun intended here. But um, we look forward to airing this episode out. Look out for it. And yes. we'll connect again, hopefully. So wonderful chatting with you. Thanks for inviting me on. Thanks, Jill. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Stay Healthy New England. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others can find this helpful information too. We really appreciate that effort. To learn more about your host, Dr. Jessica Papa, and to gain more information on the Conquer Mystery Pain eCourse, please visit aronciapt.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Stay Healthy New England.